Welcome, welcome, welcome to Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, a monthly podcast in which I chat with Hoka NAZ Elite team members, and you'll get a behind-the-scenes scoop on their training, racing, and everyday lives. I'm your host, Eric Sensman. You can find our monthly podcast on SoundCloud uh, by searching Hoka NAZ Elite, and you can learn more about the faces behind the team uh, by visiting their website, nazelite.com their Facebook page, Northern Arizona Elite, or their Instagram and Twitter, both at NAZ underscore Elite. All right, welcome to this episode of Hoke One One, uh, Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. Uh, this is a good one. This is a really good one. If you're watching on YouTube, you can already see why. If you're listening, let me introduce our guests. I got Coach Mike Smith, the, what's the official title? Director? That's right. Director. 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 Uh, of cross country and track at NA, uh, NAU, Northern right. Arizona. And of course, Coach um, Ben Rosario of NAZ Elite. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This is going to be a good one for me especially. I'll kick us off with a, with a few quick stories here. I've got some history with both these guys. Uh, Ben and I are from St. Louis, same place. Um, I wasn't a runner growing up in St. Louis, but I knew who Ben Rosario was, which speaks to, uh, I think your level of influence in the, in the town of St. Louis. So, yeah. So, uh, didn't meet Ben until we were out here in Flagstaff, but, um, yeah, we got some history there growing up in the same place. And then, uh, Mike Smith, (laughs) I ran my first marathon in 2007 in 337. And I got Mike's email address, and (laughs) (laughs) Mike responded to my email, which still baffles me to this day. Uh, But I ended up running quite a bit faster my my next marathon, and Mike wrote to me after when I told him, he said, hey, man, you could be good at this. And uh, first person to say that. That's cool. uh, It is. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. to get this is personally, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, let's get you two likewise have quite a bit of history together. Um, right. Let's take it from the top. The flow track video of your workout in 2007 <laughs> at Camp Verde, uh, a classic. Oh wow, that's a classic. Yeah, we all know. Now, how that. long had you known each other or been running at that point? Well, with each other, you know, Mike was out here. So he had moved, picked up and moved, and come out here to be a part of Greg McMillan's Adidas yep. McMillan yeah, Elite six, Team. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> I had uh, reached out to Greg in 06 as well about perhaps working together and having him coach me. Um, I was back in St. Louis. I had left the Hansons uh, very amicably, of course, uh, but but was still trying to keep my running going. And, and he, he said yes to that, which was great. Um and then as we started working together, I was running pretty decent. And so he uh, he thought it'd be a cool idea for me to come out before the Olympic trials, which were in the yep. fall of 07, and yeah, do right. a little stint out here with Mike and, and Brett and the guys. Yep. And so I came out just for three weeks. But yeah, I got to know Mike and, and a few of the others and got to experience Flagstaff, which ultimately was the biggest thing to come from that trip. Right, right. Because it certainly didn't pay off for the trials, <laughs> but uh, it, uh-huh. paid, it paid off later. Anyway, that was how yeah. I, that's my story. Yeah. Yeah, that initial period is really special to me. 06, 07, it was like, you know, we, I don't know, the, the I think the running community wasn't quite what it is now. And um, yeah, those of us out here then, it was, uh, everything was just new. It was, yeah. you know, think of your first time in Buffalo Park, your first time in wherever, Camp Verde, all that stuff was new. And so the, the yeah, the figures at that time, the people running and you know, the coaches, all that are really important in my relationship with Flagstaff. That's a special time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So so in other words, it, it was a fairly new, uh, you guys didn't really know each other when that video was taken. Uh-huh. Particular, we're putting yeah. this in the, in the notes, in the uh-huh. podcast notes, so everyone can go watch it. Oh boy, nice. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Great. Thank God. Uh, but you, yeah, you, you two had not been training together for all that long. No, no, but I think that we had, uh, you know, a fairly similar history, sure. you know, both running college pretty good, but not great, mm-hmm. trying to make yep. it, uh, busting our butts, but not quite as talented as some of the other crew that was up here. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I think in some ways maybe uh, that's ended up helping us later on, perhaps. Sure. 
I feel like there's like a special bond between that like 217 to <laughs> yeah. 220 type guys who are like, yeah. we're all kind of like, you know, maybe we don't say we're all like, no, none of us are making the team, but we're like at the track. I don't know. Some of those guys, you know, uh, like salt of the earth. I mean, they're, sure. they work so hard. It's such an honor to be at some like the trials. And so there, there's a special, there's a special bond, I think, between us. You don't necessarily have to know each other like super well, but you, right. you have great respect for the journey that, you know, it takes to be at that place. So. Yeah. So, yeah, we w I want to talk about that next. Um, the fact that you were at a high level, but maybe not the highest, and then ultimately you became coaches. Uh, and, and what role that experience played, I guess, in evolving into a coach? Like, what, like was it... Was it necessary that you be at that level uh, as, a, as an athlete in order for you to be the coach you are today? Yeah, I think um, uh, there's, so many, there's so many people that are in coaching that have a, a background in running. I mean, I think you know, most people uh, in coaching um, you know, have some background themselves in it. There are some exceptions, of course, but I think one of the real dangers in coaching is what I call autobiographical coaching, which is mm. to coach just the way uh, that worked for you. Um, and, and I think one of the, the more success you have, the more certain you are about maybe, you know, this is the way or these are the workouts. It's real dangerous, right? Because, you know, we know everyone is different. Um, I think when you're an athlete that's had some frustrations or you've, uh, you know, maybe had cycles with injury or just tried some things that didn't work, there's great empathy for the process. And I, I think that's really important. And, um, you know, you're, I think your question alludes to that. You know, we, hey, there's some success, but maybe it's not like doesn't completely click all the way. And so uh, you become a problem solver and you look at athletes. I think when you transition to coaching, you look at athletes that way. Sure. Yeah, I think you're able to deal with um, the highs and lows because ultimately or well certainly you had lows you know because obviously you didn't get to the level that you <laughs> sure, wanted to sure so you do have empathy as mike says uh in that way um i also think you know i have great respect for the people that let's say the small percentage that didn't coach or didn't run yeah i don't know how they do it because sure. a lot even, even though i'm a, i'm in agreement with mike 100 percent that you can't um you can't coach just based on what you did but you do use your experiences right. you know and so you do you were i mean i think it helps me anyway to have been just good enough that i at least know hmm. how they recover from certain things you know um the emotional drain that a race takes yep. um you know why you need an extra day after a certain workout just sure. because of what it does to your body and your mind and those kind of little things that i just don't know how you would know them yep. if you hadn't experienced right. them right. so in that sense i think it helps for sure mm -hmm. you both alluded to this but the the mental side of the sport i mean you know arguably maybe the the most important um i mean you've got to train well but but having the right headspace and how important that is for for racing well do you think that yeah, like Ben, I'll start with you. You mentioned the the small percentage of of folks that coach that haven't had that experience. Do you think that having gone through that mental process allows you to shape an athlete or or instruct an athlete in a way that you wouldn't be able to had you not gone through that yourself? I mean, I I think it helps for it sure. Helps, yeah. um, I mean, you either way, no matter what your experience was in running no matter how good you were how not good you were how little you ran you still have to be almost um a reader of people uh -huh. you know and you have to be able to have this sort of innate ability to kind of understand each athlete to an extent and what makes them tick and those are the little things that are just difficult to explain i sure. think but for whatever reason good coaches seem to be able to do that right uh, it's kind of like a poker game sure. in a little ways yeah. uh, a little bit you know so um uh, yeah i i think I, what's your question exactly like well i just wonder what role the your own experience oh, yeah, from yeah. the mental side of things yeah. what, what role that can, oh i think you, know, you learn from place. your own mistakes yeah. probably more yeah. than anything i think that's what gives you a big head start uh -huh. because right away you know what doesn't work. Uh -huh. You know all these totally. things that don't work. Totally. Boom, you got those. Even down. if they seem like they should work. Yeah, yeah, those <laughs> you've yeah. got. So, so you start a, a lot. I think you're a lot farther ahead in that sense because you know what they shouldn't be doing, sure. shouldn't be thinking, what's going to mess them up, what's going to, you know, the, you know, overthinking, overanalyzing, racing, all that kind of stuff. You've already done. All, you already made all those mistakes <laughs> right. yourself. So in that sense, when an athlete comes to you um, and you start seeing that stuff, oh, you can nip that in the bud. Right. You know for sure that doesn't work. Yeah. And then yeah. you can go from and figure out what does work. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I, I've, 
I've said this for a, for a little while now, but I, I really the deeper I go into coaching, I think the most important quality is uh, is empathy, uh, and I just I referenced that earlier. Yeah. Um, but it's this ability to to kind of just imagine what an athlete is feeling or imagine what they're thinking and um, you know or how they might be looking at something. Uh, my, my population is just a dash younger and uh, a little bit earlier on in the journey than maybe Ben's. Right. And so even more important to imagine sort of the, that the early pieces of dealing with expectation on a on a younger athlete and uh, imagining what it what it, that feels like or sort of putting your, yourself in that place. And I think uh, once you've had those experiences yourself as an athlete, I was having a conversation today with someone about all the things that I thought should work as an athlete about like basically just pushing harder, you know, going way deeper, uh, like holding like white knuckled on to my own running. And so I can identify that in other athletes yeah. and young guys whose intentions are totally good, totally good, you know, super high commitment, but that they, they haven't mastered that balance quite yet. That's really going to uh, actualize their, their best athleticism. And um, all that is important, I think, to go through. Sure. Yeah, because I think, I think, like I said earlier, there's some things that, like, logically to us, we think should work, right? Pushing harder, um, you know, whatever that might be, uh, you know, maybe that should add up to more benefits or more results. And, and sometimes in our sport, it's not quite, it's not quite like that. Right, mm. right. Uh, well, that kind of leads nicely into the next thing I wanted to discuss. Um, or that we wanted to discuss, uh, but th when it comes, you obviously are coaching at a at a collegiate level, but you also have experience coaching outside of mm -hmm. the collegiate level. Um, ben, I guess I don't know your full history. Obviously, now you're dealing with post collegiates. Of course, uh, just about everybody except collegiate athletes. Okay, to everybody. Except, Although yeah. you could argue <laughs> that. Uh, because our coach was very hands-off in college, I, I did a lot of the organizing <laughs> of the off-season workouts for, yep. for our college team when I was in college. So, yeah, no, I've kind of yeah seen a lot. So, so similar to well, I, how do you think? Are there differences between between the two between coaching, let's just say, professionals and coaching collegiates in terms of your approach? <sighs> I think one thing, um, you know, I, I look at run. I look at the, you know, we're we're prescribing training. Training is a purposeful stress. We're purposely prescribing a stress. Um, there's this element with the college athletes, uh, which is a non-moving variable of stress, which is their students. They're in class. There's this piece that doesn't budge. Um, right. You know, there's post-collegiate athletes that that work part time and things like that. Maybe or or you know have uh, have their own children, families that. We we look at the elements of the of the purposeful stress that don't budge. So uh, when I'm when I'm looking at an athlete that I'm going to coach, I know if on the college side of things, that's this massive piece. Like, hey, guess what? We're going to be in class. We got tests. We got finals. We got papers. That I have to factor into what I'm doing. Like, sure. I, you know, if, about once a week, I got to say to myself, like, quietly, like, all right, Mike, they're college kids, and you know, they're not professional athletes. And <laughs> I know that that would probably be a big difference from, uh, you know, maybe our what we're working with here. And like I said earlier, they're just. You know, an 18-year-old is gonna make some 18-year-old mistakes that we hope by the time uh, I send them off to Ben's group that they're they've learned from those mistakes and they got to make 24-year-old mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm probably better served for the uh, older athletes. Uh -huh. I'm probably a little less empathetic than Mike and a little more <laughs> pragmatic. And uh, I like working with adults. I like working with people that are um, um, mature. Sure. And um, you know, don't need a lot of rah rah because that's just not me. And yep. You gotta, you gotta work with people that you can't really be thirteen different people. Right. You know, you can only be you. <laughs> sure. And so, um, you know, you gotta kind of figure out who you are <laughs> first, mm -hmm. and then, and then, uh, you know, figure out what kind of people are gonna work with you. And sure. that's a process over time to to figure that out. But uh, no, I, I, you know, there are some advantages to working with pros because they're a little farther along in life. They're a little mature, a little more mature, typically on the whole. You know, everybody makes mistakes, but they're gonna make probably a few less. Sure. You know, than the than the younger athletes. Uh, but then there's other stressors too. You know, there's money involved that's not involved at the collegiate level. So there's business decisions you have to make that are a part of things, and and th th that's a stress. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you, you you. I think part of my job is to make it as as, as uh, little uh, make that stress as as, uh, as little as possible. But um, you know, there's just differences. But I think. 
one thing that my, I mean, Mike's fortunate, obviously, as he, I'm sure he would admit, he works with a very high level program. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so it's a lot. I think it's a lot closer, you know, to working with uh, professional athletes than it is at, at, say, a developing school. That's, you know, their program's not at the level that Mike's is, and yep. you got to deal with a whole other thing then because you got to deal with motivation. Where these people are a little more motivated coming in, totally. sure. Yeah, I would totally. say on yep. the whole, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then even one level down from that, I, you know, you got in high school coaches, they've got they've got people that they actually don't even want to run in the first place. They just <laughs> yeah, sign up to like right. Yeah. So I think at every level, you know, yeah, there's differences there. So if we make it a little more tangible, um, let's say you take you know one of your ladies and and she's going to run the Stanford, you know, run at Stanford, run the 10K, mm -hmm. and you've got one of your ladies who you're going to put in that same race, mm -hmm. right? Do you see a difference in terms of uh, approach to racing style just in virtue of the one being in college and the one mm -hmm. being a pro? Mm -hmm. um, or is that more of like a case-by-case -case basis? It really just depends who it is. That's interesting. Um, well, it, it, you know, one thing is the NCAA... Uh, calendar is fixed mm. and so everybody's getting ready for the same thing so sure. you have when you go into a, a big race and you're racing collegians and you're a collegian you know kind of what fitness everybody is in or sure. should be in yeah. and kind of where they're at in their season whereas you know if I send someone to the Stanford invite at the end of March we may not be fit yet we, I, yeah, don't, I, mean, right. I don't know it could serve a different purpose sure it, you know sure. uh for them, it's always probably going to be hit the regional qualifying mark, or, right. you know, and then totally. it's very it's very fixed. But we're we're able to choose what we want to get ready for a little bit more, except I guess in an Olympic year. Yeah. Um. So it just it's just it is case by case. It yeah. depends on what we're getting ready for, and I, I mean they're the same way because sometimes collegians go into a race like that. And they just want to run as fast as they can. Other times, they just want to get a mark. I mean, yep. you can speak yeah. to that. But. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would agree. I think Ben nailed it. That's the biggest thing is the, that fixed calendar. And there's certainly elements of that in pro running. Hey, USA's is here or the trials are here and that's not moving. You know, for us, I mean, I, one of the things I work through constantly is I got kids giving themselves a hard time because, hey, they had an interruption or they're banged up or sure. you got sick or something like that. And they're a few weeks behind, whereas if we could just remove the calendar, they yeah. feel totally fine about it. It's yeah, just that, well, right. regionals is this date, yeah. and that's what's stressing yeah. them out. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think early on in the journey, another piece is just you're, you're looking at just first-time exposures. I mean, honestly, like a freshman, we're going to take to Stanford for the first time. It's going to be like, you know, like the, you know, just we want to expose them to it. And then eventually stabilize, you know, that platform to, you know, produce actual performances that are aligned with what they can do. But at first, some some of these guys, it's like the first year at NCAA cross country is just let's get our, our feet in the water. Yep. And hopefully by the time they get to, you know, the professional ranks, they've had those exposures. Although I guess you could say Europe and, and some things like that would maybe be similar for sure exposures. Yeah. So it's a, I, what I took from that is it it's sort of as a coach, you can't take any race in isolation. So, oh, it's all context, right? Right. Sure. Context. Is, yeah. There are a lot of relevant variables surrounding it that you mm -hmm. got to take into account. I agree. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk more about t like team culture, building a team. Um, you obviously, again, being at the college level, being at the professional level. Well, I suppose you both have choices um, in terms of like who you're bringing in or mm. how you want to develop that team culture. Um, but what, 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 I guess talk about what, what that's like for each of you. And I guess we'll see some similarities or differences. Sure. Yeah, I think that's the, the most important part of, uh, of teams. Um, some of the NAS Elite athletes came and spoke at our uh, high school camp this summer. Okay. And that was a question I had for them is, you know, at, at the point that they're on, on Ben's team, they've been on high school teams and college teams and maybe another professional team, but they've been on lots of teams. And so they can identify at their age, hey, what makes a good teammate? What's, what's a good function of a team? How do I show up for my teammates? Mm. What, what makes a not so good teammate? Um, and those elements, I think, are so important. I, I, I've seen it uh, yeah, everywhere I've coached that uh, you, you've got lots of physical talent out there. But um, if you can't find a way to make people work together to actualize that talent, the talent uh, doesn't matter a whole lot. And, right. um, you know, you can have everyone wearing the same singlet and the same color ribbon in their hair. And uh, it looks like a team. Sure. Right. But actually, what makes a team, you, you need a much closer look. And a lot of times that's uh, yeah, that is 
is a really intentional thing. It's not on accident. So I, I think um, to just look at the technical side, to write some fancy workouts, um, to dive deep into that aspect, but to not understand the human element is to really miss the mark. And um, I can say that post-collegiate groups, in my observation, are really, really hard. And uh, what Ben's doing here in Flagstaff um, I mean, starting from where he did, I mean, it's a real testament to diving deep into this side of things. It has to be. Otherwise, it just it just doesn't function. Sure. You can't have success. And I think there's lots of people with the idea that, oh, this is, hey, no problem. We'll get a bunch of professional athletes together and pull this off. And I got to tell you, it is just not like that. Not like that. So, Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. we talk about it all the time. You know, and so uh, I'm very aware of it, of the need for, and I understand there's going to be ebbs and flows, you know, but... <clears throat> you know, you spoke about picking who comes in. I mean, that's sure. part of it. Is that's part of my job is to identify who's going to be a fit culture-wise before they ever even get here. Right. You know, and that's why we're flying them out for a visit and letting them spend a couple of days with us and, um, you know, letting them meet the group. And then I'm going to talk to the group about them. You know, yeah, and see sure. if they fit and see mm. if you know you got to trust these people. You got to give them. It's, it's like running a business. You got to give the some some ownership to to, sure. to the employees, sure. if you will. Yeah. Um, and I really take what they have to say to heart. And, and um, the farther along we go, the more our culture has sort of been identified. Yeah. And it's been an organic process. Sure. It wasn't me saying this is how it has to be. It was like, okay, this is kind of how it's gelling over time. And now I think we have a, a much better idea maybe than a couple of years ago about what type of athlete personality-wise is going to fit in. Sure. And everybody doesn't have to be best friends. But... And these things are so cliche, but you've got to be positive. You got to be a pos. You got to be able to be positive at work, <laughs> sure. You know, at yeah. practice, yeah. Um, you have to be truly selfless. Not not. You have to be selfish because it's a selfish endeavor, uh, but you have to have some level of selflessness as well. You have to be okay with getting your butt kicked and almost happy for yeah. the other person, right? Genuinely, not yeah. just in words. Um, and you, and then collectively you have to really buy into this thing. You have to really feel, like he said, the jersey. I, I always think this about really good teams at all kinds of levels and all kinds of sports. That has to mean something, yeah. you know, to put that yeah. on. And that's, and there's so many things that go into it um, and it has to be natural. Putting on that jersey and having it mean something is not what the jersey says, it's what went in what goes into the team sure. the friendships and the hours you spend together and the time you spend together out on the roads and in the weight room and everything else that has to create this sense of uh belonging that when you put that on it's for more than just you right that's ultimately what you're trying to do yep. in, in, in a culture you're trying to create a situation where the individual members of this team feel a real part of a collective group and a and a, and a, and a movement you know sure i feel like they're a part of something do you think it's necessary that an athlete on a team believe that they would not be excelling as much as they are if not for the greater group like do, do you do you think that they have to buy into this idea that like i we're i'm doing as well as i am and you're doing as well as you are etc cetera, etc cetera, because of in part this group uh that, that we've formed in the training around it and the the camaraderie and the culture and everything else is that is that something I guess you think you think about consciously as a coach. Like I, I want to try to get my athletes on that page. Is that is that important? I look at it as uh, to me, it's helpful for the coach to believe that, for the athlete to see it, uh -huh. to trust it. Uh -huh. um, and I think uh, way beyond sport, uh, you know, the human evolved in tribal society by depending on each other through through physical distress, through suffering, through lots of hard things. There's a fabulous book, Tribe by Sebastian Junger, which is uh, the study of uh, how people actually thrive in in war zones and thrive in distress by relying on each other. How mm. that actually cultivates uh, relationship and you know, if you if you, you know, sum up distance running as you know, this is this is a whole bunch of hard work. This is a bunch of purposeful physical stress. There's uh, you know, there's isolation that doesn't budge in it. Some ways, you know, in way bigger than just a, a you know a group or a team in the Flagstaff community. Um, one of my favorite things when you mentioned that time of 06, 07 was people kind of relying on each other, people counting on each other, people you know finding ways to help each other out. And sure. uh, I think when you reveal that to the athlete, that it's quite possible that 
our competition is actually within ourselves, and we do it alongside each other. It's me versus me, you versus you, and you versus you in the presence of each other versus us against each other. When you when you show them that's possible, the, you give them the opportunity to thrive. And I I think it, you know, a coach has to believe that as well. And so yeah. a coach that doesn't necessarily believe that I would just encourage to kind of do some dig deep and do some work in there but um yeah not to say an athlete couldn't you know couldn't PR by training alone uh but I I really believe that we need this to kind of pull we need each other to pull the, the best out of ourselves in competition in training partners and certainly certainly in culture yeah makes sense I, I guess what I was trying to ask you Ben was um I can reform my question. No, now, no, I not, Now that my answer, I have an answer. I have an answer. <laughs> you but, do, okay? Because I, I, I have said this to the athletes before because I think it's important that, you know, they don't come in and, and feel like I'm sitting here saying, hey, this is this is the exact right way to do everything. Sure, sure. It's, it's more. This is what I say to them, and this is the truth. Because at, at the level that of athlete that we're bringing, look, they're all good. Mm-hmm. They're all good. And I believe a hundred percent that they would be good if they went to X group or group, right. group Y or right. group Z. Um, I really believe that. The question is, what group, what city, what community, what coach, what teammates collectively will give them that little extra one percent? You know that will that will make them happy outside of running, yeah. So that they can be their absolute one hundred percent best. Sure. I think they would be good anywhere. Yeah. Is this the is this the right place that can get them just that little bit of extra bump? And training is a part of it, of course. Coaching is a part of, of it. But so is the community. So is the town. So yep. is the teammates. Yep. Uh, it, there's a lot that goes into it to just get that little extra 1% because they're already pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how I see it. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So speaking of community and, and obviously both both your teams are based here in Flagstaff, um, you mentioned uh, some of the NAZ Elite folks speaking at uh, in mm-hmm. your camp. Yeah. Uh, how much overlap is there? How much interaction is there? Like, uh, are the NAZ Elite uh, team? Do they do they follow what's going on with the NAU team? Vice versa. Oh, we're fans for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I tell our guys all the time is, hey, to be a student athlete at NAU on that track, you're gonna see, you know, shoot, the world's best at any given time of year. I mean, they're sure. in town right now. They're, you know, you got people from all over the place, Olympic medalists, and that's a really cool thing about uh, being a, an athlete here. It's always been the case here, way before our time. What's different though, uh, I think about Ben's group, what I tell our guys is this is our home team. These are the guys, they live here, they work here, they've got families here. That's what's different than someone renting this experience for four weeks and huh, taking some right. pictures in Sedona and the Grand Canyon. These guys are, um, you know, putting their sweat into the same trails we are 12 months a year and they've chosen to be here. This is our home team. And I also uh, personally believe that, you know, I, I just, I've watched what Ben's built here and I, I, I know how hard it is and I you know I want him to be supported anyway and, and support fully from the, the community uh, you know from our, our local runners who aren't maybe competitive but still enjoy running uh, or through our high school programs and you know I, I look at NAU as just as just one piece of the pie of that of what makes that community sure. you know what it is and so uh, in the same way I support our local running store and said hey we, we need to keep these guys here I, you know I want to see Ben's program just thriving and building and you know 10 years from now you know you know bigger and better than ever and um, I think that we all got to be supporting we all got to be supporting each other I know when I get a text from this guy congratulating us on something we did oh, yeah. it means a lot to me more than someone 2,000 miles from here that just sure. looked up the results yeah. right so yeah. No, we follow any, you know, I think there is sort of, um, uh, you know, mo- there's something to momentum, right? Certainly. And you certainly have can have momentum with your own, within your own group, within your own team. But I, I think there is sort of a flagstaff momentum as yeah. well that happens. And so with the success that Mike's group has been having over the last couple of years with the uh, national titles and the individual national champions and all that stuff. And, and he said about running the same trails and the same loops and things. I mean, you know, we see that. Everybody yeah. sees that, yeah. you know, and it, and it helps. It helps me, you know, just, you know, it's like, you know, put it down their throats. But, you know, um, I know I've used more than once, uh, you know, how great Buffalo Park has been for them. And I think I've used the phrase that, you know, hey, these guys basically won the national championship off doing, <laughs> you know, LT work at Buffalo Park. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it is, you know. Sure. And so... Um, those kind of little anecdotal pieces of evidence sure and and with how well they're doing and and understanding 
I mean, they don't sit there and study everything that they're doing workout by workout, but they know that in general, I think we're doing a lot of the same type of stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. so that's that's advantageous to me uh, because it helps our athletes just be that much more confident in what they're doing. And so much of for an athlete, and you were kind of alluding to it, is just believing in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So much of a part of it. Yeah, so. Um, so you, you touched on this, uh, Ben, just a minute ago about well sort of the type of athletes that that come in here that that you work with but we were speaking more of like the team culture side of things but in terms of um i don't know potential ability etc folks that are coming in both to the nau program and and naz elite what is your ideal runner like ben rosario's best possible runner like coming into your program like what what would what would that person have and i guess the same thing for you, Mike, when you're looking mm-hmm. at, at athletes coming into NAU, because because there are particulars about where we are, right? Yeah, We're at yeah, seven thousand yeah. feet. Well, they're, they're yeah, there's variable. physiological things, of course. I mean, you know, typically the people who who thrive here are. are you know, aerobic monsters, as, mm-hmm. as Greg McMillan mm-hmm. would say, you know, they're, they're people who are really, um, they, you know, when you ask them, what kind of workouts do you like? They say they love temple runs. Right. They love yeah. long runs. Right. You know, those are my favorite workouts. Okay. We're right. off to a good start. Right. right. You know, <laughs> um, because, you know, for me, I mean, Mike, I'm sure too, like, you know, I believe in group training. I believe in, in making each other better. So if I'm bringing in, uh, 13 different types of athletes, then, the group training ceases to exist because I have to give them 13 different workouts, you know? Sure. Um, I, I want people that can do the same type of stuff and thrive off it. Um, so that's one thing, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you never, if they're coming from sea level, you never know absolutely 100% certain, uh, with certainty that um, they're going to thrive at altitude. But if, again, if they're a certain type of athlete and they like certain types of things, they, in my experience, they tend to do very well yeah. up here. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, they have to also, they have to love the team aspect. Yeah. They have to, when, when I speak about the fact that we meet six days a week and we're in the weight room together and um, we're, we're an actual team, we're not a group of individuals, they have to be excited about that. That right. has to appeal to them. Right, right. Um, and when I talk to their coaches and their teammates and things back home, I need to hear things like, oh, yeah, so-and-so was a leader on our team. Oh, so-and-so organized this, so-and-so organized. That's the kind of person that's going to do well uh, in our group. And then, you know, after that, there is some uncertainty. I mean, you have to take a leap of faith at, of at some point. But I think those, for me anyway, the, the, the physiological stuff has to be there. And then and then the, the team culture piece has to be there as well as we can figure it out anyway from right. from their past history what about you mike what do you look for i think really similar answers uh, you know it's we, we we're going to probably engage on an exploration of the aerobic system yeah and that's one that requires uh you know the duration and so um you know someone that's just not afraid of uh you know that that big aerobic commitment there it's just where we are it's a natural fit um so I'm going to probably ask questions that kind of allude to what I think that relationship is going to be. Um, another, you know, physiological uh, piece, I guess, would be we're looking for uh, how they interact with the ground, how they're moving. Mm. Um, so much of college running is just a single question of can we keep you healthy or not? And uh, sure. I, I mean, that is just a, a massive piece of what we're doing. So we're just trying to, to screen for, you know, interactions with the ground, how they're how they're running, what they look like. Um, uh, similar answer to, to what Ben just said, uh, they got to be interested in team. And one of the variables in high school, they've been on teams, but it's not to say that uh, that's going to tell you necessarily what it's going to be like. So many of these athletes we speak to, they were always in control. They were the mm. best guy. You know, the workout was hard if they wanted it to be hard. Otherwise, mm. you know, and you're going to plop down into the, the level that we're competing at in high level division one. And it's the definition of I'm not going to be in control all the time. Right. I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to be, uh, you could be running a great race at freshman NCAA cross country and be in 80th place. <laughs> you know, where right. in high school, it was like I was in first or second the whole season. And all yep. of a sudden, I mean, I got 79 people in front of me. How do I tell myself I'm doing okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that element of not being in control uh, of starting at the bottom and climbing, uh, you know, climbing a ladder there. I think those are all... Uh, elements and I guess another psychological piece I'm watching for is humility altitude requires uh, great humility and uh, it's going to teach you patience whether you like it or not you know you have a highly motivated athlete it's what makes them good the patience is often not in their in their strong suit yeah. but to succeed in this to keep going past my program and deep into the years of, that Ben works with you are going to have to learn patience and period yeah. um, 
So going into, well, we'll, we'll stick with this topic a little bit more and then uh, go into more training racing topics. Sure. Uh, you have had, so we, we were talking there largely about the sorts of folks that you would prefer to work with or that would thrive here in your different programs. Um, but of course, the, you've had cases where that's that doesn't happen mm. and people don't thrive and uh, sometimes they'll leave or sometimes they'll struggle. Um, how do you how do you deal with that and what do you sort of is that a learning experience for you like oh this is what went wrong so i know how to do things differently in the future or what what are those experiences like um yeah i mean of course that happens you know i mean <laughs> you'd be naive to think that you're going to get along with every i mean that's that's one of the the quicker you learn that lesson the better yeah. uh, usually you don't learn it till you're an adult but if you can learn it sooner you're yeah. you'll be better off which is that look not everybody's gonna like you and you're not gonna like everybody and that's okay <laughs> the world will move on right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I think that when you start a relationship with an athlete you know you you got to be a hundred percent open to making it work and so do they you know and, and if it starts to not work you know, for a variety of reasons, I think what what happens it's it, it kind of happens simultaneously in my in my experience is, you know, the athlete starts losing faith for some reason in some aspect of of what we do. Mm -hmm, you know, because mm -hmm. we, there's a lot of things you have to believe in if you want to be a part of our group. It's not just the training. It's not just me. It's it's not just your teammates, but it's the social media side and the business sure. side that we believe in and things. And so, if you start not believing in in one or two of those aspects. It starts breaking down your belief in in the system, and then look, I'm a human being, so it starts dampening my enthusiasm for you. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then they feel that, mm -hmm. and so it's just like it's yep. just ugly, you know, because it starts going like this is very hard to get out of that. Um, and you try, you know, um, but but if it's not working, I think um, it's usually some combination of a little bit of uh, a breakdown in belief, mm -hmm. probably on mm -hmm. both sides, mm -hmm. and there's probably plenty of blame. And I think the best thing you can do is address it. And, it, and if it seems like it's not um, fixable, I think you should just move on. And I think that's okay. Uh, honestly, he probably has it worse than me because because you're at school. And, and yeah. even though I don't exactly know how all the NCAA scholarships and things work, I think there's an expectation that you'll be there the entire sure. four or five years. Um, whereas, you know, in the professional world, a lot of times contracts are one year at a time and different things. And so there's a, there's more chances to kind of part ways Absolutely. if that's what's right, right, right. best. Yeah, uh, sure. That's my answer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know. I mean, signing up to be a college coach, I'm going to work with a variety of personalities. And, you know, I do my best in the recruiting process, our staff, to identify what we know works, some of that criteria we just went over. Yep. You're looking for, you know, um, by now I've got all sorts of red flags that, uh, you know, high school <laughs> yeah. kids here just sending off <laughs> yeah. left yeah. and right. Because uh, how, how many years have you been coaching college now? Yeah, so I'm uh, starting seven. year seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so you certainly, like, yes, you learn from all sorts of things, you know. Um, one thing is, you know, I'm making a commitment to them way bigger than running, but a commitment to their education. Yeah. Um, and so I, I can't just uh, sever a relationship if it's not necessarily going right. And so, um, yeah, that's what I think we're... Uh, we stay really open to working with lots of people in lots of different ways. Yep. Um, but one of the things that I guess is I've learned just in the last couple of years of uh, uh, coaching, which is really hard, and I don't have an answer to it, and maybe uh, maybe someone else does, is we're we're um, we're, all, we're bringing people on board sometimes that uh, are going to find out their own relationship with running under our watch, which a lot of times when you're really young, you can't quite differentiate between, is this something I really love? It's in my heart. Or is this something I'm just good at? Mm. Right. And that is a big thing for a young person to work through. You know, someone realizing a couple of years into college, like, wait a second, I'm not really that into this. I've just been good at it for a long time. Yeah. Um, and especially when you get a scholarship involved, we're, sure. we're gonna we gotta keep a commitment straight through that. And so uh, I think a, a college coach that's gonna be in this for the long haul has gotta be open to those things. We're gonna work with anyone. The place where we're not gonna be able to work with someone is if I think they're gonna threaten something that we've built and we've invested lots of time into. And that sort of takes me into a different category. If I think you're gonna hold your teammates back or somehow um, you know hurt our group or hurt our culture in some way, um, you know we're gonna we take that into a I guess a, a level of of uh, concern that you know may, may not necessarily have us working together but i think that's pretty rare if we we're doing a good job of uh, the vetting process initially sure sure well we're going to transition into some training stuff um this is probably a good place to start H has it ever been the case or have you found that someone's not maybe thriving because of the training and that maybe under different stimulus they would perform better and you're able to recognize that um 
you know, do, do you, are you willing to sort of change your approach or alter uh, the way you would typically do things for that person if you, if you see that, to sort of right the ship, so to speak? Oh, that's such a hard question. <laughs> um, well, I think that, of course, as Mike said, you're trying to get ahead of that right. in the recruitment process. Yes. You're trying, and I think he said he's gotten better at it, and I would say I've gotten better at it, so you, 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 you're trying to get it so that that's not going to happen, right. of course. Um, I would say that, you know, it's so hard because it's hard to, I mean, I'm just being honest. It's hard to determine when some of those, when I think back to some of those situations, was it really that they needed something else or was it that they wanted something else? Oof. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. I'm not trying to be... Yeah, it's just tough because sometimes, depending on where they came from and what they've done in the past, they've gotten um, an idea. The athlete has has gotten an idea deep into their head that this is what they're this is what's best for them sure. because they ran X race after they did X workout yeah. or X yep. set of workouts. Right. Um, and you don't want to seem like a know it all, but you know you have a lot of experience to go on, and so ah. Mm. Uh, you know, it's just a tough one. It's yeah. a, it's a tough one. I, I think there's certainly um, a couple people I can think of that probably, yeah, I think we're probably just better served in a, in a different group for a number of reasons. Um, I don't know. It's it's. I think I think one thing one reason it's hard is because if you're a good coach, you believe so deeply in what you're doing. Yes. And I guess you should. Yep. I mean, I don't know. You probably should. You're probably right. not very good if you're constantly questioning your own self. Sure. You know? So, I don't know. I I think it's I think it's tough. Um, I do think sometimes also relationships just run their course. You know, if you look at all sports across Certainly. the board, sometimes athletes need a change of stimulus just because, um, just because that's the, that's how they're hardwired. They just they just need change. Change is good for them. Right. Um, now I'll say I try to get ahead of that uh, training wise because we do throw in. You know, no no two segments are exactly the same. Right. You know, physiologically they may be very, very similar, but there may be little tweaks and little challenges that they have to deal with that we throw in that are new so that it keeps them fresh. Um, yeah, but it's certainly, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can, I'll, I'll say this. There was an athlete that we were talking to this spring, um, that even though this athlete was very, very good and had high credentials, I actually didn't think they were right fit for us physiologically. Okay. And so I sort of backed off and focused on the others, even though this athlete had actually better credentials than some of the others. They just, I just didn't think it was fair to that person. Sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I, I can see that and I hope to be able to see it before it ever happens. Sure. You know, comes to us. Ben, you you brought me on to ask the hard questions. I, you know, you I'm, know, I'm not a softball yeah. host. Yeah, that's you know right. I mean? You're throwing them out. Let's go. Let's go. What uh, what do you think, Mike, on that on that same topic? Yeah, I um, I think if I was a professional coach, I would say I would probably be right where Ben is as far as that. Um, hey, this is what we do, and there's lots of other options out there for you. Here's this is what we do here. When I'm dealing with people where I've made a commitment way bigger than running, but you know they're they're talking about their college education and this, uh, I, I've just got this other level that um, I can't just say, hey, this is what we do, or, and and I right. so my adaptability um, I think has to take another degree because I I have to have I have an obligation I feel to them to um, give them a positive student athlete experience for their four years, and that's the commitment we make, and that's believe me when we make that offer to bring them on, I take that in like, hey, this is. This person might need X, Y, Z. Um, I, I recognize you're asking about the physical training. The place where um, we may not have a match, we might realize it is when people want different things from the team culture or we mm -hmm. don't have a good match there. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, um, sometimes is a non... Man, you, got so, you bring someone on board and they're just not interested in team... Uh, it's probably not going to work for us, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know those are viruses that um, it's just not. We got to be try to be really upfront about it and and look uh, for other options. Um, it, it hasn't happened that many times uh, to me, but I really respect the coaches out there um, that are able to say this isn't a good match, and let's help you, not hold you back, but let's help you go find some place that is a good match. They're eighteen to twenty-two years old, like they yeah. deserve they deserve yeah. that, um, and that's a big. I think that's a big difference. We'd probably say if about kind of you know, our, our, our professions and our groups that, right. you know, a place that I, I've got to be, um, I've got to be, you know, adaptable. I will agree with Ben that, um, 
I, I think it is a much deeper question as to, you know, why someone thinks they need something. And a lot of it you'll find is just confidence and safety. This is where I'm getting my confidence. Sure. This is where I feel safe. Um, and, and part of my my job is on a much larger level, uh, sort of making them question those uh, boundaries as a young person anyway, way beyond a workout. Sure. Um, you know, as far as, you know, this is what I need to run my best. And uh, and so I look at that initially as a, as a teaching tool. Yeah. What... what uh, this is a bragging on Mike from <laughs> Coach Hines. I was mm -hmm. talking to Coach Hines, and he was uh, so um, complimentary of your ability to get a couple of the athletes to move up in distance, which oh. is a big challenge at the college level sure, yeah, yeah. And, and at our level as well, um, by sort of making it seem like it was their idea. <laughs> totally. <absolutely. laughs> you know? Like, that's a big key. Is cause, Giving away all my secrets. Uh, a lot, of, a lot right of athletes, well, they're just so, they're just, they're very confident people, which you want which sure. you want them to be very confident. So you've got to make it so they're the ones making this choice. Um, I think that's that's a, that's hard to do, but it's it it's very successful. Yep. If it was their choice, then they're all in on it. Totally, and that's where uh, you know I go back to empathy. Empathy isn't just like oh I feel so bad for you. <laughs> empathy is. Like, okay, this person's resistant to this because it's totally scary to them. Yeah. Right? This person's, you know, I'm, I'm asking them to play left-handed or something. It's yeah. totally, yeah. they're not confident. So that's where I think you go into, okay, this is how this person's feeling. How do I make this not so scary? How do I make it safe? How do I, to be really frank, how do I doctor situations? Yeah. How do I doctor scenarios? Yeah. So we begin to build this confidence, right? To trust it. I mean, hey, I can get someone to move up the distance. How do I get them to commit to the middle laps, right? So how do I come up with workouts or race scenarios? So much of my job is like, you know, I'm giving away my secrets. My my athletes are watching this, but it's like, come on up with like fake, almost like fake situations. So then you're kind of pushing, okay, I can trust this. I can put my full weight on it right yeah, now. And yeah. then I go forward. You know, it's a big part of working with young people for yeah. sure. Yeah. Or, yeah, running across the board, I think, sure, right? Sure, sure. Um, let's talk about training in flight staff. We, we've uh, talked about the elevation and, and the role that that plays. Um, the short story is you have to run slower sometimes. Mm. Um, I, I know in particular with you, I've heard you talk in, in interviews about, oh, yeah, you know, we go run this pace at Buffalo Park, and it seems, you know, to other people, uh, they're not running very fast. Um, I think probably similar with oh, you, yeah. Ben. Right. Uh and I, I guess if you could both just speak to that from coaches who have been very, very successful training people in Flagstaff, how important is that? You mean the recovery piece? Yeah, the recovery piece, but, but even the workouts themselves, oh, just understanding right? how yeah, to do it. Yeah, like you, you yeah, might be yeah. running, you know, 10, 15 seconds slower than, than what they think they should, what the athlete thinks they, they might be able to run or what they should be running, for example. Well, I'm very fortunate in that we have a lot of really accomplished veteran athletes on the team who... Mm -hmm have these long lists of credentials. And so when you come in as a young athlete straight out of college, I mean, you're obviously going to follow these people. Yeah, so right. These That's people a good point. are running very slowly on their easy runs. They must know what they're doing. They've won national titles, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Et cetera. Yep. So that I've got pretty easy. Uh, you know, getting them to understand the, the harder paces and how they're also going to be much slower I mean, it can be a little bit of a challenge, but it seems like it seems to not take that long uh, before they're kind of indoctrinated into that flagstaff pace chart, yep. if you will, without yep. actually showing them the sure, chart. Sure. And just they just start to understand what the different times mean, right? Uh, and they understand that they're fit, and um, it just becomes part of the vernacular. Okay, uh, yeah. it is in my experience. Yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, there's a. I actually consciously try not to go overboard with constantly telling them what the sea level equivalent is. Uh, I think okay. that's a dangerous road to go uh -huh. down uh -huh. because then you're constantly having to deal with that and asking about that and et cetera. And I think there can be a little bit of a bigger range up here and you're still getting such a big benefit. So yeah. I don't want to always be comparing it to sea level. Sure. I, so that I guess that's my, my answer is. As quickly as possible, yep. trying to get them to understand that, hey, it's just way different up here. Yep. Recovery runs have to be way slower. Um, your paces on hard stuff are, are going to be slower, and um, you'll get used to it, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, it's a great question. It's probably the 
biggest learning curve for our athletes. I'm, we got freshmen coming in in just a couple of days, and this is exactly, we're about to enter the, yeah. you know, I'm going to have this talk, they're going to look at me and nod and say, get it, and then we're going to learn the hard way. Right, okay, that's right. exactly what's about to happen. Remember, I just said that. Okay, um, it's two things for me. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, like I call it, humility to altitude. Uh, yeah. There's a variable about what we do that is mother nature. It's not going to budge. Um, Closest comparison I've, I've found is like in big wave surfing, the ocean is this variable that is always, always going to be the trump card, okay, to the athlete, right? And so they learn to work with it, with humility to it, not try to outmuscle it, right? The, I mean, the wave will always, always win, yeah, right? So if we can look at altitude that way, of oh, this is 7,000 feet. This is not, you know, this is this is big, big stuff. Um, I mean, f you know, physiologically, I mean, there's people that will tell you like to go a whole lot higher than this is, you know, it's too, you can't recover enough, right? I right. mean, this is about, you know, this is about it right here. And there has to be an element of humility there to what we do. And just like the grain of wood, if you learn to work with it, with the flow of it, you can actually harness it yeah. and it's gonna help you. That takes wisdom and great maturity, great patience. The other thing I think is to really, um, you know, we don't need our kids to be like physiologists, but to have, but to have an understanding of, of the aerobic the system, yeah. you know, of like how, to, okay, the aerobic system is going to be developed off of duration, not necessarily intensity. There yeah. are specific intensities we yeah. use. This is where the Japanese have got it nailed, yeah. right? Of just, okay, the, the ceiling to our intensity, right? I mean, the ceiling to our duration is going to be intensity. So the, the, if we're just doing everything hard, at some point, we've got a limitation to how much we can mm -hmm. run, all right? And the age I have them at, we want to explore building the aerobic system with duration, time on feet. Can we, can we safely build that that volume? Well, if everything's at six minute pace, guess what? I mean, at a certain point, we, we can only run 60 miles a week or, or whatever it is. You know, when I, uh, when people really master an understanding of answering, and we say we, we say we do this, we say, you should be able to answer what we're doing in training all the time, right? But I literally mean heading out your door and starting an aerobic run and being able to say, what am I trying to do here? I'm trying to make an expansion uh, into the development of my aerobic system. Well, that's not going to be by intensity. That's going to be by duration. And, and, and that gives you the confidence of answering, you know, the why and, and really trusting what we're doing. Sure. Uh, our older athletes that have mastered it, um, yeah, it's, again, it looks like nothing special if you watch it. Yeah. I remember last year we go out on Waterline Road and I'm on a bike with fluids and I, you know, on Waterline you can like look ahead and you can see for a mile. Sure. And I look up ahead and I watch the order that they're coming down. Uh, and the people up in front are either people that have been in college for like 10 days <laughs> or freshmen on like recruiting or uh, high school kids on recruiting trips. And these juniors and seniors, keep in mind people that finish second and third in the NCAA or run 1321 are like in the back, back, back. And they have a mastery of you know where this run fits into the total the total sure, volume. Sure. So I think a real understanding of what we're trying to accomplish is is really is really key. Yeah. Giving you confidence in running a little bit easier. Yep. 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 And uh, Mike, you worked with with Jack Daniel um, very closely. Uh huh. Uh, for what four years? Was it three years? Jeez. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. Five, yep. five. Yeah. Four and a half. Five years. Something yep. like that. Yeah. And I don't. Uh, ben, I I know you're certainly privy to to his. Um, training philosophies mm -hmm. and I'm sure you know them and I'm, I'm, I'm some sure. okay yeah yeah mm -hmm. um so th there's certainly and I think you both use some of that I mean there's there's I mean everybody science. does to an extent sure, right sure, right yeah. right yeah. um but but we, we talked about this uh Ben there there's there's an art to to coaching right mm -hmm. um and so you've got a I suppose there's two sides there's the science and there's the art and mm. they kind of come together um but yeah, is there anything on the the non-science side, more of the the artistry that uh, you know you you've been doing lately, or that you kind of tap into that maybe is different than other people um, with with your program? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, some of the things that Mike was talking about, just throwing little tweaks into workouts that. I mean, yes, they are, they there is a physiological effect to what you're doing, right? But there's Always. a mental side to it as well, getting them to believe that hey, I did this, so now I'll be able to handle this. Sure. You know, I saw Mike doing a, a workout with the crew close to NCAA champs, and they were doing miles on the track or eight hundreds or something. But each hundred was. Uh, they were alternating hundreds. Okay. 16, 20, 16, yep. 20. Yep. I thought, oh, that's brilliant because that's not that hard, but it'll really get you to believe that you can handle the pace change. Yes. Uh, right. And so we've been throwing, we have 
been throwing a little bit of that in over the summer, and then we're going to throw more of it in on a more uh, difficult basis this fall as a couple of people get ready for a couple of marathons that are going to be a little bit more back and forth and tactical. Um, so things like that, you know, and, you, and look, Jack Daniels or, or Pete Fitzinger or whoever, whoever's written books and the, a book has to be science. It has to be a chart. Sure, sure. That doesn't mean that Jack or Pete or any of those guys are actually like that when they're actually coaching something or someone, you know, good point. even, even good a point. guy like Steve Magnus, yep. who has this, totally. uh, who I know fairly well, he has this, uh, um, you know, reputation of being so sciencey, but yes. actually, if you speak to Steve, he's art. just as much yeah, art, yeah. if yeah. not more. Yeah. That's a great point. If not more. So, so you know, I think uh, some people just because they've written a book get a rap as a certain kind of, right. kind of coach. But yep. no, I'm definitely uh, you know like more gut. You know, I understand what's going on, but I understand. Um, you know the need to create belief in yeah. what you're doing as well and and then i you know briefly mike mentioned the japanese and i i i skew that way i think in terms of mm -hmm. the marathon training we do for sure um if not overall philosophy right. but just that belief that the aerobic system is what is where you can make such huge gains. I mean, real tangible gains. The heart is a muscle, you know, yeah. capillaries, right. building extra capillaries, expanding the mitochondria. These things actually happen. And um, so I'm just, yeah, I'm, I mean, that's the basis for everything scientific-wise. Sure. And, and then I'm just, you know, I'm just little tweaks. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like every good manager in baseball, they're obviously going to look at the numbers, but they know when to take a picture. You know, yeah, it's more yeah, of like yeah, a, yeah, of course. It's a feeling. Of course. So you make mistakes yeah. as well. Right, right, right. But, you know, then you learn from them. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add there. Like, it's not like the, those guys you were mentioning, you know, those junior seniors finishing second, third, and yeah, yeah. boys who sit back on those runs, to, you know, down waterline or wherever. Mm. It's kind of like they understand, like, the artistry, like, yeah, there's a reason do. for yep. this run, yep. it's not to hammer at the front. Yeah, and you're really trying to teach that. I, I guess, uh, yeah, some places I've been playing with just in the last couple of years. Uh, one thing is being up here the last two years in, uh, in Flag, and I know Ben uses this as well, but I've done way more fartlek sure. than I ever have before. And um, when you're a coach initially that wants to control everything yeah. for like like drives you crazy because like you can't i can't measure it right but man it's um it's really uh, you know teaching a feel teaching a sense of just what on and off feels like yep. Yep. um i think is 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 truly uh raising their uh, intuition and intelligence which uh sometimes is countered by the gps watch and and some of those things um and then i guess uh, purposeful places where i remove the coach purposeful places where i don't tell them what to do um or i'm um, yeah, not accessible to make a decision, being very purposeful about where I remove myself to allow them to grow and uh, take the ownership of it, which is exactly what happens inside the race. Yeah, you know, right. It, like for someone to say like, ah, you know, I didn't kick because I didn't know when you wanted me to kick or something <laughs> like, you know, like, no, 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 no. Like it's a, it's a, it has to be an instinct and a feeling. Sure. But that's an instrument you have to develop. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, I think sometimes we think good coaching is doing, uh, yeah, doing more of that when actually we have to get out of the way to let them grow in those places. Right. Right. Yeah, one hundred percent. Let like as the years go by with an athlete, the 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 race talk is less and less. Yeah, it's quicker right? and quicker. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you know, as as our athletes get to the point now, we're getting closer to the trials, and and you know, so much of it is about racing. You sure, know? sure. And so a few more workouts where we're quote unquote letting it flow a little bit and letting them make the decision on what's right for that day and for the end of that workout. You know, based on how they're doing yeah. and not scripting things to the letter quite right. as much uh just finding areas where they can take a couple chances and because we don't race as much so if we're gonna t if we're gonna practice taking chances we have to we have to do it in practice sure you know? sure and yeah i think i've been guilty of scripting too much in the past so i'm trying to script a little bit less here and there yeah here and there finding spots uh where we can uh let it go a little bit yeah very similar so we're we're getting close to the end here of our time so i'm gonna i want to bring it back to you guys before we you know, finish things or as we finish things up. Uh, first, you guys mentioned training together back in back in the day, '07, um, and you had kind of some similar histories in terms of your college careers, etc. What do you think is the best if you were to go head to head back in the day? What what was like the the distance that would that would have you guys like? Equal? I don't know. No, like, no, was no, no, was sir, I don't. I don't. I, I don't know did. all of Mike's PRs. I know that I wouldn't have wanted to race him in anything over a marathon because I never did any. <laughs> right, right. Trans Rockies and all that right, kind of right, stuff. Right. So okay. Nothing on the trails. Nothing over a marathon. That's for sure. That's fair. Um, I don't know. We we're pretty similar in the marathon. I think. 
I ran 219. Okay, yeah, I ran 218.53. Ooh! So, okay. Yeah. So that might have been the distance. Yeah. Oh, that would probably know. be the closest. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. yeah. But I don't know what. You know what's funny? We referenced that workout um, that we found. It's like, um, I guess so one of my kids found that and he comes in the office. He's like, man, you were heel striking all over the place. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So. We had limitations. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Um, how about, now this was directed at, at you, Mike, from, from Aaron Braun. But uh, I think I think it's it's applicable to both of you. But it, the the question he asked was, what would you run on the NAU track today? Um, I don't know if he meant a five k for a mile. Okay, oh. for one mile. Oh, what, do you, um, what do you think you'd have in you? Like today, like <laughs> like left this podcast. Well, we'll today. get we give you you know you can get the proper setup. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, based on uh, you know my current aerobic fitness of running four miles. Uh, a week. Yeah, right. No, um, yeah, I, I, I could give you a good, I think I can give you a, a good 520 mile. Okay. Yeah. That's respectable. Yeah. And I, uh, that's about what my marathon pace was uh, back in the day. So I could give you about one of those. Yeah. You, you don't lose that. Yeah. It's tough to lose that, right. that marathon pace. What, well, what think, I would man? probably get too carried away and pull something. You know? <laughs> right. Well, you still do some track work. Every once in a while. I, do, I, Actually, know, you, yeah, I would like to believe that I could go under five, but yeah. it, would, it would be, it would be tight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, we'll do just a couple quick questions, quick answers, finish things off. Um, biggest asset as a coach in, in one sentence, let's say. Listening. Listening or, or a word. <laughs> Belief. Belief. Okay. Um, what's the thing you struggle with the most as a coach? Oh, mine is. You can, uh, you can explain a little more. Mine is. Mine is uh, this phenomenon in psychology called imposter syndrome, which is you're like, man, everyone else has this figured out except yep. me. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, at this level in the NCAA, man, like all these guys, they know what they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. That's for sure. What it two is. two cross country titles. Oh, I know. It's crazy. It? It's oh. crazy. Yeah. Oh, I'm too internally <laughs> cocky to have that issue. Uh, no, I uh, God struggle with. I mean. Um, being too cocky, maybe. Um, no, uh, no. Honestly, it, 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 it. I mean, um, you know, I just, I just want it so bad for them. Mm. You know, so you just, uh, you know, you just. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I guess it's you not get a bad. Emotionally thing. invested, maybe. To, yeah, to you, get, you get emotionally. Uh, I'm so emotionally invested that, you know, when something's going. Uh, wrong it's it's very difficult yeah. for me to handle internally sure. i mean you know behind yeah. the scenes you know yeah um mike if you weren't a coach what would oh. you be doing yeah i think uh i would um yeah, maybe teaching or yeah something working with people yeah mm. then yeah something you know well i mean i had uh, a retail business before That's true. i don't think i'd do another retail business <laughs> but i'm entrepreneurial in nature sure. so i would probably start a business of some kind a brand i feel like i can build a brand so something in that yeah. realm but certainly working for myself sure. i think yeah um mike what is the thing you admire most about ben um, tough questions mike yeah no i know i know what it is i'm trying to think of how to say it shortly <laughs> um vision and commitment to vision i mean i keep i mean i you know, I, these groups are, these groups are really, really hard, really hard. Yeah. Um, it, from a business standpoint, um, to keep these things going. It's funny. I have this, uh, one of my favorite bands is a uh, Pearl Jam and they did mm. this uh, documentary uh, like when they hit their 20 year anniversary and, um, Chris Cornell is like, Hey, you know what their greatest accomplishment is? They stayed together for 20 years <laughs> as a band. Right? right. And I just, I mean, managing people, yeah. um, keeping it, I mean, it is, this stuff is hard and, we're, we're similar ages when ben started this group i was like wow that is that is no joke and to sort of see him where he is now um with a vision a commitment to it um the support they have the fun those guys are having i don't know it's 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 really really inspiring and ben with mike thing you admire most <laughs> well you know mike is able to uh, bring the energy always, you know, uh, which I, I do know what that's like. Cause I had to live that life back in St. Louis. And I remember when I left St. Louis, like specifically wanting to not live that life. Again. <laughs> it's so hard to be sure. sort of the centerpiece sure. of the running community in a certain town, you know? And, um, and Mike is able to, uh, continue to do that even as he gets older, which is amazing to uh, me, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, um, 
No, I mean, every, everybody likes being around Mike, and that's who you want to be around. You want to sure. be around people that uh, raise the bar in terms of positivity and energy for the for those around yeah. them. And, you know, I think e even though he's very good at the nuts and bolts and he's uh, talking about his ability to listen and all these things, I think, I think the reason the athletes follow him is the same reason that the community follows him. Uh, it, it's because they like being around him. And it's sort of a hardwired thing that's hard to explain and hard to... Uh, Mimic. Fabricate. You either yeah, have it or yeah. you don't. Right, you right, know, right. There's the great Prefontaine docu documentary and the that Jeff Johnson says about pre. You know, some people have it and don't. He and some people don't. He had a lot of it. Yeah. Mm. And that's that's what Mike's yeah. like. That's mm. good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Final thing. Best thing about Flagstaff, Mike. Um, Flagstaff in a in a um, in a world. Uh, in a world that makes it, I think, increasingly hard to find the voice that's yours and to live a life that honors uh, yourself, Flagstaff is a place, I think, that uh, if you allow it, it's, it really will hold the space for you to find mm. out who you are um, way beyond, this is nothing to do with running, um, but Flagstaff is the, is the type of space that allows you to really find out who you are, not who necessarily uh, the world is asking you to be or you think your parents are asking you to be or you should be, but Flagstaff is a place that will allow you to really find yourself and honor yourself, um, and I think that uh, that's not everywhere. I think that's one of the most special things about this place. Yeah, very well said. Well, you know, the, the, the coach nerd in me wants to talk about the elevation and the ability that we can go down in an hour to 3,300 feet. It's you know, true. This is, this is, These uh, are big. These are big things. Very, very uh, unique place. Uh, you know, it's, to me anyway, having lived other places, um, it, it's the perfect blend of action. You know, it's not a big city where you're overwhelmed, but it's not so small that sure. you're bored. Um, you're able to do everything you, just about everything you could want um, if you're a young, active, not even young, if you're an active person. Um, but you're never, you never, it's never, it's not claustrophobic here. Right, you right. Know? You, you always have, you always feel very free here, free to make your own decisions. Sure. Free to do what you, you never, nobody's ever in suits here. You know, it's <laughs> right. weird to see somebody walking yeah, down the street totally, in yeah. a suit, Out of place. You know, yeah. yeah, they seem out of place. It's a very, um, the tone here overall is, it's, it's like, it's exactly what you want when you go into a meeting or when you go into anything anything like that 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 has any sort of uh, typically a formal atmosphere yeah, right. here is more informal so it's a, it, it's just for me it's the, it's the perfect place it's how I like it's you know I don't want a job where I have a suit you right, know I right. haven't had that type of job in a long time or ever and I've always been in jeans <laughs> and so I fit in very well here yeah. and that's um, it's just my kind of town yeah, yeah. Hmm. also true also true um, well we've been here chatting with uh, Coach Ben Rosario, Coach Mike Smith, about all sorts of things. Hope you enjoyed. It's been a pleasure from my end, so thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. All right, guys. Mm -hmm. All right. That's it. Woo! It gets hot up here, don't it? It gets hot. Yeah, quite warm.